0: all right you
1: can go around and suck on sam's carpet
0: <laughs> hello and welcome to great culture the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature pop culture and issues i am sam i'm kim and i'm Ali. and we hope you enjoy the episode On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about makeup, whether it's a form of self-expression, whether it's a uh, patriarchal construct that all women feel like they should wear, and also how the attitudes towards makeup and makeup consumption are changing thanks to things like social media. But before we delve into that, we've got some wine to talk about. Now, Kim, I see that you're holding yours in front of you with the cork pretty much out of the bottle. Do you want to go first?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. No, that's literally just because I can't be bothered to put it down again. Um, okay. And I opened it earlier because I am well prepared. So for this episode, we did try and choose a cohesive wine and then um, supply lines got in the way a little bit. So I basically said to everyone, supply choose loads. your own. Yeah. Cut supply lines, rally the guys. So I got everyone to choose their own wine. Um, I chose the Man Eater Femme Fatale Vino Tinto from Lidl. Which cost me approximately £4. Oh, (gasps) Jesus. It is an organic wine from Spain. It has absolutely no tasting notes on the label. I chose it purely because I thought the label label made me laugh. um, And I was in a shop because uh, it's a wolf wearing a little bow in its hair, drinking wine, <laughs> which just made me laugh. But also I did think about like the whole femme fatale thing. The fact that its tagline is femme fatale, and that's you know that you that's associated with a particular kind of glamour look. Um it's femme so fatale
0: I, because it's gonna kill you, Kim. You know that, right?
2: <laughs> I do know that. It's fine. It's a good thing I work from home. Um <laughs> I have the tasting notes off of Vivino.com because there are no tasting notes anywhere to be found. Tasting notes off of Vivino.com because there are no tasting notes on the bottle or on the website. Uh, people mention the top three flavours people mention are blackberry, cherry and oak. Okay. Uh, the top review says this. A soft and light red wine from Spain. Four stars for the price performance ratio. This is a good bargain from Lidl. If you like light Spanish reds, dark red colour as a Syrah and red fruit on the nose. No dominating taste on the palate, but silky blackcurrant and blackberries can be found. Felt along earthy notes. Quite nice and balanced tannins. Really pleasant. Short finish with oaky, earthy aftertaste feeling. Recommended. So that's that from Erdem M- Kutlu, or 2nd of April 2019. <laughs> That is oh. a much more
0: detailed review than I was expecting for a little wine. I thought they might be like, didn't kill me. Five well, stars. The next, the next
2: <laughs> one is very decent wine considering the price from middle. Um, and the Ooh. third one is tons of cherry with a hint of pepper, light barrel use, very smooth. So I am just. Could, could be literally, anything. Could, literally could be anything. I'm really. expecting it to be quite fruity and a bit Shiraz y because it's a Shiraz basically.
0: That would do it, yeah. yeah. what about you Alex
1: (laughs) um I have gone for a rosé and it is the born rosé Barcelona 2019 um the reason I have gone for for this particular wine is because um of marketing slogans from particularly the 90s such as L'Oreal uh, maybe she's born with it. Maybe oh no, Maybelline. That's maybe- Maybelline, yeah, douche. Oh god, I got it wrong. So she's
2: L'Oreal. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's Maybelline. <laughs> There's a quote for the Instagram. <laughs> maybe she's born
0: with it. Maybe it's the Body Shop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's all fucking bullshit anyway. What does that even mean? <clears throat> Obviously, the marketing didn't do very well for me. Um, mm. like Kim there is no tasting notes so on Sainsbury's website which is where I got it from uh, it says an aromatic wine with floral tones citrus and tropical notes perfectly balanced on the palate with a long mouth watering finish so again could be anything that literally um, sounds
2: like every rosé ever
1: <laughs> I'm looking forward to this it's in a very beautiful long uh Stemmed glass bottle, obviously glass, but um, with a glass stopper, so it looks very swish and oh, fancy. Master. Um It unlike Kim, I spent a lot of money on this wine. For me, fourteen, so you spent fourteen,
0: fourteen whole, pounds. fourteen British pounds on it. Yes, that's a lot of
2: money. That's a lot. That's of ten money. whole
0: pounds more than Kim. <laughs> <laughs> would you? Would you care to know how much I've spent on my wine? Yes.
2: I don't want to know.
0: I'm worried. Double what you paid, Alex. Ugh.
2: 28
0: whole pounds. This is a 28 pound (gasps) bottle of wine that I'm going to drink to myself in my bedroom while chatting to you guys.
1: Oh, I feel Um, so privileged. So
0: I have the uh, Blanc de Noir. Blanc de Noir! uh, 2016 Lime Bay Winery Sparkling Wine. It's a white wine made from pinot noir grapes oh. and I don't really understand how that works but there you go so I thought it was going to be a sparkling red because it said pinot noir I was incorrect um and I picked it because I thought it was fancy and makeup makes you feel a bit fancy that's literally the only link I have <laughs> um <laughs> we've done really so, well with hey. this <laughs> really- <laughs> um but yeah there are no tasting notes on the bottle it's just got this like very minimalistic swishbish label made in axminster devon and nice. it's a british wine uh, and the notes on the website say uh blanc de noir sparkling wines are white wines made from black grapes and our blanc-, blanc de noir is made from pinot noir grapes and a small parcel of pinot meunier i thus you need some commas in that sentence i've badly written um it is a rich okay. and earthy wine <laughs> get a prefere <proofreader>, to your nuts <laughs> uh <laughs> it is a rich and earthy wine with forward strawberry and cherry notes and a light toast finish toast Ooh.
2: where's hollywood you like,
0: yeah right buttered toast <laughs> producer <laughs> hollywood enjoy this uh appearance light copper hue with fine and consistent bubbles nose rich and earthy with forward strawberry and cherry notes palette the delicious delicious richness is offset by a crisp acidity and a light toast finish. So, again, I've got no fucking idea what this is going to taste like. But let's Sounds see what like it's going to pounds... taste like a stroke.
1: Oh, no, did you drop it?
0: Nope, it just went over all over my hands into my carpet. But it's fine.
1: What? Like, um... that's like two pounds right there. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to
0: suck the carpet just to get my money. <laughs> oh, God, it does smell like toast. It's <laughs> oh, like interesting. buttered toast.
2: What the fuck is this? So how does everyone find their first taste of their wine? Toasty.
0: Toasty. Why is it toast? It's liquid made from grapes. Why is it toast?
2: I'm so intrigued. I'm not quite intrigued enough to spend £28 to find out, but I'm still really intrigued.
1: It's all right. You can go around and suck on Sam's carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a boyfriend. Oh, sorry. But, you know, if you're
2: curious... <laughs> <laughs> Come and lick it out of my rug. Fucking hell. How's everyone else's wine? Mine's about as what you'd expect from a four pound wine from Lidl. Um right. it kind of tastes like if you made an ice cream out of Black Forest Gato and then left it to melt <laughs> and then drank it. I've already had half a bottle of wine, so I don't really give a shit.
0: Fair enough. Alex, how's your born rose and the rest is drag? <laughs>
1: Um, it's it's okay. It's a little bit um, uh, heartburn inducing. You know that might just be life. The the, you know yeah, life. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's not. It's not fourteen pounds. Yay, okay.
0: So let's talk all things cosmetics. Um, guys, you are. I called you guys. You're not guys force of habit folks folk when do you remember being your first time like experimenting with makeup
2: um theater darling <laughs> when, I uh, the when i dropped the boards without around the boards uh no i used to do when i group. was a young theater warthog <laughs> when i was a young warthog uh i used to do a theater group so obviously i was used to wearing like stage makeup for shows, and then I remember showing up once to like it was like a Saturday club, essentially, and I show up once, and I'd raided my mum's makeup um and that's the first time I actually remember like wearing makeup out of the house, and I was about seven or something ridiculous like that, but I felt very, very cool. My early experience with makeup was like it's an event, it's a theatrical event.
1: I remember the first time I ever kind of wore makeup for myself um. Well, I suppose we can pull apart and analyse who it was for. But in terms of rather than like for a character or on the stage or something, I remember in year seven, um, we had to, our task in English was to create a magazine and we had to write articles and take pictures. And like this was the days, you know, where you would go and get your like film developed and everything. Um, And uh i was meeting my friends who were also working on the project to go and take these pictures um and which i still have by the way and they ho- are hilarious because we're trying to be like fashion magazine like models um and <laughs> uh i put on the tiniest li- little bit of shimmery like silver eyeshadow um and some like lip gloss or something like that And my mum was so appalled. She was like, I can't believe you're wearing makeup. Like, this is ridiculous. I think you should take it off. And then we pulled up at my friend's house. (laughs) And my friend was obviously experimenting in a completely different way. And she'd drawn, like, black pencil eyeliner across her eyes and then in a massive swirl on her temples and then, like, across (laughs) – like a cross on her forehead and purple lipstick. <laughs> and my mum was just like, okay, you're fine, off you go. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time I kind of wore it to, um, I suppose, enhance my features or, you know, something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so the first time I remember wearing makeup, I think was my, how old are you in year six? Uh, Ten, 11, 11 like year, 11.
1: Year five.
0: You're five, You'd be was ten, five, you're five. probably about 10. So yeah, I think I was 10 and I had a birthday party that was obviously a costume party because it's me and any excuse to put on a costume, I'm there. Obviously I was there, it was my party. It would have been a bit weird if I was like, no, I don't want <laughs> to. sounds um, <laughs> <feels> like me, <laughs> I, to be fair. Back in the days when you were 10 and cultural appropriation wasn't a word uh, or wasn't a set of words, I dressed as Cleopatra. Um, And my sister did my makeup, so she obviously gave me, you know, super heavy eyeliner and blue eyeshadow. Um, And I remember at the time, I I remember looking at myself and looking at pictures being like, yeah, I like that. That's good. Let's do that, which is probably why I still wear eyeliner all the fucking time now. But that was the first time I remember wearing it. And it was, again, it was sort of part of a costume, but it was part of a costume that I remember looking back on and being like,
2: I felt good <laughs> for a ten year old. In comparison to you guys, I didn't think that I looked good or anything. It was just like I thought that it would make me more grown up. And then there was there is a big gap between that and wearing makeup.
0: Oh no, after that, at the age of ten, I just went in with Cleopatra makeup on every day.
2: <laughs> just turned <laughs> up to right.
0: school. <laughs>
1: like clear full Cleopatra. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I, I like I was very resistant to makeup for a long time after that. Not because of that, but just I was quite when I say I was a tomboy when I was like a, um, an early teen, sort of eleven to fourteen, I mean I wore men's clothes, never wore makeup, proper, dedicated to the bit, um, and then it was only when I got to fourteen and I was like, everyone else was wearing it, that I was like, oh, maybe I'll try again. Obviously, did a fucking terrible job at it. Then I wore it every day and had to take it off before I went home to my parents. Mm. <laughs>
1: What do you think made you? What do, What do you think made you change from the, you know, kind of more masculine presenting, dressing, um, and non makeup to suddenly going a bit more all out? Was it other people? Do you think?
0: I do, I just remember very early on being like, oh, you could you? Oh god, this is going to become a bit tragic now. Probably going to cut all of this, but um. I remember being like, "You can't possibly compete with these girls, so it's not even worth trying. It's not even worth you putting on makeup because you're just going to look ridiculous, um, like you're mm. trying to be something you're not." So mm. I didn't. And then, as I think most of us did, I discovered
2: being a goth. <laughs> yes,
1: that was, was often, like, that was my next level. That yeah. was my next step. Definitely,
2: I was okay. obviously emo, not goth. Yeah. But then, like again, like I didn't like i had a i guess i had a probably had a similar mindset to you in the terms of like not compete but also i i remember really as soon as i got to secondary school just being like i just can't be fucked like i had i had really bad acne as a teenager and i remember there were snarky comments about it but i also remember like i was like i don't know what i'm doing i don't care like I don't want to spend money on something that I don't care about I don't enjoy the idea of putting on makeup I can't be bothered to do it every day I don't want to I already get up at 6 30 I don't want to get up any earlier I didn't care about the opinions necessarily of the girls that wore makeup at the top like in the early stages and then by the time I got to like 14 15 I was like well I just don't it was just like it just wasn't part of what I did like i just didn't care like i also didn't care particularly about doing my hair and then as i got a little bit older like 16 17 i started doing a bit more but still really really not a lot and i think yeah for me it was i discovered emo and was like better start wearing shit tons of eyeliner but still again didn't really know what i'm doing and that's for me that's kind of lasted now which is like i know what i'm doing obviously kind of to an extent but i don't know shit all about contouring and i can't be fucked and i don't wear makeup most days and when i do wear makeup it's very very light and it's mostly like bb cream eyeliner and maybe lipstick if i'm feeling fancy
0: alex what do you like did you wear makeup at school was that something you then partook in after your uh blue shimmery eyelids
1: you're right? um <laughs> yeah so yeah, sorry. I just got distracted by myself. Yeah, so I so going from my uh little shimmery eyelids, I then probably partook in a little bit more kind of emo y, gothy kind of makeup. I suppose I suppose through kind of like year eight you go through that kind of stage where you're trying to discover what your identity is and and which kind of crowd you sit in. Um, And so I think I experimented a little bit with makeup then as well as clothes and music and stuff like that. Um, I was just thinking like, as we were talking and I think, you know how you said Kim about feeling grown up. I think I definitely wore makeup when I was younger to appear more grown up and I think now that I'm older um, I wear like none or little makeup to appear younger like it's almost gone the complete opposite way Um, because I suppose in my head I'm like oh if I'm more fresh fresh faced and natural I'll look younger and fresher whereas when I was older uh, younger I obviously thought oh if I pile loads of mascara on my eyes or make me look more haggard. I don't know. <laughs> make you look more mature haggard. More mature, yes, that's probably the right word. But I, I don't think I ever, apart from, you know, a bit of experimenting, I it was very, you know, standard. A bit of liquid eyeliner with a flick was my kind of go-to. Bit of mascara, natural lip. That that was it really.
0: It's interesting that you said about the the finding your finding your niche, finding your, your, your people because, and I'm no anthropologist and this is just going to be me making a stupid comment pretty much. But in school, the way you did your makeup kind of signified what tribe you belonged to. And there is mm. something quite tribal in a lot, you know, makeup is a big part for not, it's not just Western beauty makeup. There's a lot more to the way that you paint your face. Um, mm across cultures so I, I just thought that was quite an interesting point
2: no that is a good point like it's kind of like what I was saying about mascara versus eyeliner like you had mascara girls and you had eyeliner girls who are probably emo or goth or you had lip gloss like- I don't I don't remember anyone in my teenage years wearing lipstick Um, it, it was, was all gloss wasn't it yeah it was all gloss yes. or nothing at Pinky, all all lip gloss, gloss. yeah that and then your hair stuck to it and- and-
1: oh that pink like, especially if you straightened your hair like you know just the front bits and then it would get <laughs> yeah. stuck to your liquid gloss oh it was so great but
0: never did that it smelt and tasted like artificial cherries much like kim's wine
2: there were different tribes based on the makeup that you wore or the lack of makeup that you wore or anything like that but even even amongst the makeup wearers yeah tribes is definitely a good point like i i, I think that there is a sense of that it's the same as fashion like
0: yeah it's 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 an outward signifier of who you are, or who you think you are, or who you want to be. Um, And with that being said, when you wear makeup now, both of you, what is your main reason behind wearing it? Do you wear it (laughs) because... Like, is it something that makes you feel good? Is it something that you feel like you should wear? And I, I was going to say, do you wear it to attract a mate, but obviously you both got boyfriends, so I would hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's an interesting
1: point. What, what, yeah, what's your main reason behind wearing it? I think it's so hard to kind of pull this apart because I think it's so ingrained in us to think that that also. Maybe you wear, maybe you do wear makeup to attract a mate and appear more attractive to the opposite sex, or or you know wh- whichever sex or non-sex, <laughs> um, you want to appear attractive too. Um, mm. So that's a really it is really hard because obviously people like as we're all in relationships we wouldn't be doing that, but there is an element of appearing you you wanting to appear more attractive to the public almost
2: Mm. as the, the person who has most recently been dating i can say that i never went on a first date without wearing makeup despite the fact that i don't wear makeup every day and can go weeks or months without wearing makeup like and that my makeup is very very minimal like it's obvious that I'm wearing makeup because I wear eyeliner, but like if I'm wearing it, but my makeup is still pretty fucking minimal, but I never went on a first date without wearing it. So there was an element of that. But for me, it's always been more about like confidence boosting. Like when I wear it now, especially now that we're in lockdown, it's mostly because I know I have a day of video calls and I get sick of looking at all my little flaws and picking myself apart. And sometimes wearing makeup just makes me f- makes me feel more attractive to myself I don't necessarily care how my coworkers or people that I see in the streets see me. otherwise, I would wear makeup every day I think if I did really care about that. but most days, I think that I have quite an attractive face, and I'm not that worried about it like my face is the least my face is the part of myself that I'm probably the least unconfident about like i'm the most confident about the fact that I have a pretty face, not to sound arrogant but like <laughs> for all my hang-ups I'm least worried that people are going to go oh she's really ugly in the face like you are allowed to celebrate the things you like it's fine yeah I like my face but like that's the thing so it's not necessarily that I think it makes me more attractive but it does give me a little bit of extra confidence it's kind of like a little bit of extra shield it's like wearing wearing a dress that I feel I feel particularly good in even if it's not someone else's favorite dress. And I don't wear those clothes because I think that they make me look good to other people. I wear them because I enjoy them and they make, I think I, I think I look good in them and it's the same with makeup. Like it may make me more attractive to a person that shares the same tastes as me. And that is a bonus, but I've also perfectly happy to interact with people who don't find the, the specific way I choose to present myself attractive because I like it.
1: But also there's an element of you feel more attractive because you are presenting as more attractive to society. Does that make sense?
2: It's more that, but that's the thing, Like, because I don't necessarily think that what I do makes me more attractive to society. I feel more attractive, I think, because maybe I look like I've made an effort. Like I feel more put together.
1: Like, like I if, feel- you paint, if you paint your nails, it looks like you're... yeah it's kind of like your shit together (laughs) yeah it's kind of like my underwear your your underwear always bloody matches mine never bloody does
2: (laughs) no but that's a really good analogy because it's like my underwear matches no one is going to see this and no one cares but it makes you feel better it makes you feel more confident even if you don't think anyone's going to see it I feel that way about makeup, even though I know that people can see it. But I'm not doing it for them. I do it because it makes me feel better. Because I don't distinctly remember the first night I spent with my current partner, but in the morning, like no, it was, it was as we we're going to bed. I was like, oh, I've, I've got to take my eyeliner off or something. And it's like I didn't even realize you were wearing makeup because most of it had rubbed off anyway. Because I wear so little, I was like, oh, I, I, I better take my makeup off or something. I said something about not I just wearing so makeup. was like, I didn't done even it. didn't even. Really I'm just it. I'm just so fucking. What I meant was it was so not something that they noticed or cared about. And because I don't wear a lot of makeup, it might have helped, but like it wasn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter to the person who mattered.
0: Alex, yeah. what did you think about the, like, why do you wear makeup? Why do you feel like you want to put it on on occasions that you do want to put it on?
1: I think for Obviously not weeks. just
0: look younger, like you said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because, um, I mean, I did get ID today, so you know, oh, with no makeup on, but also a mask that was covering ninety percent of my face.
0: Yeah, I've been ID'd with the mask, and you're like, "How can you? I, I could be Danny DeVito, and you wouldn't fucking know."
1: <laughs> I did, I I really don't know. I think it will take a lot of soul searching and picking apart a lot of things to really work out why we do. And I think it's a mixture why you of have reasons. A habit
0: that you've had for twenty years. Just yeah, tell me now, immediately just, just, on this you know,
1: over rose that's giving you heartburn i think it's like we spoke about society kind of sees you sees beauty in a certain way and so therefore you feel more confident when you're presenting in that certain way i will say for the first time in ages i wore makeup the other day it was for a. Uh, i'm gonna sound really wanky now it was for my gym's second birthday and we all had prosecco I put makeup on and it was it was also because they've only ever seen me in my gym kit and sweaty with obviously no makeup on. Not obviously, because some people do want to wear makeup when they go to the gym and that's absolutely fine. And I felt so self-conscious though. It almost had the opposite effect. It was so weird. I don't know if it's also because we're, being in lockdown, I just have completely just not dabbled. And I, yeah, I just, I felt really almost more exposed because I wasn't my usual self if that makes sense it's almost um, like if you go out wearing something slightly more revealing than you usually would feel comfortable wearing you you suddenly think everyone's looking at you and you're like you feel like you have to shift your clothes around a little bit and you don't feel totally com- like confident or comfortable um it does that's sense. how I yeah. felt yeah it was mm. really strange
0: I wear makeup most days and that's because on the occasions that I don't wear makeup, I get told that I look tired, or I look ill, or I look something. So I'm like, you know, it's not even worth the fucking conversation. I'm just going to slap it on. Um, so I put a like a reasonable amount of effort into what I wear. Like clothes mm. are very much clothes are quite important to me and fashion and not fashion, but my style, I guess. And Looks so I feel like the I've done owl. all of that looks and i feel Luke. like if i've done all of that on my body to not do something on my face <laughs> it's like i don't know it just feels really strange to not have some kind of connect between the two because otherwise you're like potato here vogue here what,
2: what's no, going that, on that's a really good point because there are certain outfits that i wear that i'm much more likely to wear makeup on because i'm like well this this awesome dress deserves a cool lipstick to go with it. Like, it just matches.
0: I mean, there's a lot of reasons to wear makeup, really, aren't there? There's. But I think what all of us have said for various reasons is that it's not. It's not about. <laughs> it's not about men or whomever you are trying to attract. It's not about exhibiting yourself as a sexual commodity. It's about wanting to feel a certain way in yourself and. Wanting to exhibit some sort of self expression. Is that fair?
2: Yeah. yeah. And self that and yeah. Self expression. Yeah. It's the right word. Do you think that
0: attitude is something that. Sorry, that was a massive burp from my fizzy toast. Um, do you think that, that <laughs> oh, attitude fizzy has toast. changed? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. 28 pounds.
1: Um, oh my God.
0: <laughs> so. Do you think that as you've got older, Alex, you said about, you know, um, the reasons you wore makeup when you were a teenager are are different to the reasons you choose not to wear makeup now, but they're they're all based around the age you appear. Do you think that the reasons that you wear makeup have changed? Do you think there was a point at which you were like, I need to put on lipstick or boys won't like me. And now you're like, I don't give a shit.
1: I don't know what it. Well, you tell us what do you think. Throw it back to well, you. I think So i I think
0: my reasons for wearing makeup are very much. I think it's fun. I think it's something that you can play with. You can do all sorts of things to face. I'm not. I'm not a very artistic person. I can't paint. I can't draw. I can't make things. But what I can do is make my face look presentable, and I think it's quite presentable implies that there is a standard of beauty to which you have to adhere, which is not what I mean. But I can do reasonably good things on my face. Um, And so for that reason I enjoy (laughs) I enjoy it because I know how to blend. I can contour okay. When I was younger I did it because I felt like I needed to do it because if I didn't wear makeup I would be in a certain group and I didn't want to be in that group. Now I'm like fuck it, I don't care. People tell me I'm wearing too much makeup. I do them to go fuck themselves.
2: Um, like going back to your question, Sam, about that you that you asked Alex. As a teenager, not wearing makeup or wearing makeup, like obviously, as I as I said, I didn't wear makeup really. That decision wasn't really much of a decision, but also probably was a little bit like, well, the popular girls wear makeup, so I'm not going to fucking bother like playing into their like rhetoric and i'm much cooler than that i don't think i was conscious i still maintain that laziness was the overarching theme of my teenage years (laughs) but i was thinking about when i wore makeup the most which was university but what i was doing in those scenarios was trying to present a certain image of myself as the cool emo girl I wanted to be emo. I wanted to attract people that had the same interest as me in a new pool of people that I didn't know and didn't know how to speak to. And I'm socially awkward. And my way to do that was to wear a lot of black and red and wear a shit ton of eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alex? Did it, has it changed for you then?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I wear less makeup than I ever, ever, ever have. Like, I I on I remember, so Sam, you saying about um people commenting on how tired you look when you don't wear makeup. I remember when that was happening to me, actually. And then I think what happened is I just kind of slowly faded it out. Um and now I've got to a good point where people don't question my non-makeup face. Just when I wear it, they go, Oh my god, you look amazing! And that's really nice. <laughs> um so Yeah, and I can't, I think I just started fading it out when I just became more confident in and and less giving a shit, I think. I think I turned like 30 and just went, I don't really give a shit. Like, I feel quite fresh. I put a little bit of like glow on my face. I do wear a little bit of fake tan on my face, I have to say. That gives me a little bit of less tiredness. in, interestingly, I really, one of the jobs that I wanted to do was uh, be a makeup artist for TV and film. Um, that was one of the jobs I desperately wanted to do. And with the whole kind of soul searching stuff that is going on that everyone has experienced in, lock- in lockdown and this whole pandemic shit. Um, I looked into how I would go back and do it, because as much as I don't wear a lot of makeup, I really love art and and experimenting in that kind of way. And I used to love doing things that were kind of almost like doctor who kind of makeovers. And I would love how, to learn how to do um, like prosthetics and stuff like that. I think it would be so cool. But yeah, I mean, that's another thing like makeup for completely changing your identity. Yes.
0: If you want to be a qualified, if you want to have it on your CV like I am a qualified makeup artist, you have to get to the qualification. But there's also a big movement towards, uh, particularly on social media, of people who just have a natural talent and a natural eye for these things. And I think once we've had our break, we've had a wee and that kind of thing. (laughs) Maybe have a wee. Maybe have a wee. We will come back and we will talk about that a bit more. (laughs) But before we do that, we are going to have to take our break and refill our glasses. And we'll be back shortly to talk about beauty and cosmetics in the world of social media.
2: We've had a break. We've had a wee.
1: How's everyone finding <laughs> their wine? Um, is five. I have little to say about my wine, I'm afraid. Um... I have got some ice in the break. I'm chilling it a little bit. I feel like that might make it slightly tastier. Um, it's, it's pleasant. It's pleasant. But I don't have any more to say about it. What about you, Kim?
2: I was going to say that I thought that it got less sweet and intense the more you drank it. And then I took a break from it whilst I went to have a wee. And then I took another sip just now. And that's not true um
1: <laughs> so you're your, like literal three minutes break has, has not enough
2: to reset the palate and I think um I'm gonna make a friends reference here there's an episode of friends where they are making coffee at home and they're like stir and drink stir and drink always keep it moving I feel a little bit like that if you keep drinking it constantly you lose the flavor and then it's nice um but if you take <laughs> any kind of pause for longer than a minute then the flavors are back, and then it's quite intense still. So you know, okay. it's great mixed bag. What the opposite of the I
0: Still fucking toast. Peach toast. Peach Melbourne toast. It's it's fine. It's weird. It's not unpleasant. It's just weird. I'm so intrigued. Yeah, me too. You know, it's one of those, it's also one of those drinks, you know, how sometimes when you have a fizzy, a fizzy wine, and you sip it, and then it's like, there's nothing in your mouth. And then sometimes something comes and attacks you from the back. Do you know what?
1: <laughs> so Sam, I but saw that fine. you presented your wine to us with a palm facing the camera, almost
0: did. like
1: uh, influencers do on Instagram when they're presenting products. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, yes, very, very well spotted. That's such a, a makeup thing <laughs> to do. Um, that was a better segue than the first one. But yeah, so we've spoken a bit about our experiences with makeup and why we wear it, why we don't always wear it, you know, and what we think it means to us. But the beauty industry as a whole is something that is very much at the forefront of um online behavior i think over the past certainly over the past few years when you think about beauty the beauty industry there are a lot of influencers influencers such a such a wanky word but basically people on the internet with lots of people listening to them talking about beauty products is what yeah it is. and you a lot think of the-, the word influencer you think of beauty blogging as it's called precisely yeah so you think about people like zoella you think about um kylie jenner and all these people who have an enormous following a lot of which is based around cosmetics and even if it's not cosmetics at some point seem to feed into what they're talking about so i'm interested to get your opinion because from what i think about this is that there's been a huge shift recently and by recently i mean in the last two years, towards. Um, sustainability in beauty um authenticity in social media and moving away from airbrushed things and people and um this idea of um perfection as it is in this, this uh aspirational instagram lifestyle but yet beauty influencers are still some of the most influential people you will find and if you want your brand to do well you're going to seek these people out because they've got a huge like millions of millions of followers i just wondered if you had any thoughts as to why these people are still so popular when many of them espouse this very western style of makeup beauty like airbrushed but without the airbrushed presentation did you have any thoughts
1: so so i follow like i love instagram like i'm a massive instagram uh
0: you're an insta fan
1: insta fan yeah if that's like i couldn't really think of how you what you would call it um and i think the word authenticity is an interesting one that you use because I think there's definitely been a rise of people uh, who are representing real beauty. And I say real in kind of quotation marks, because I think, um, so there, there was a massive drive for fitness bloggers, for beauty bloggers, for all that kind of stuff. And then in kind of almost juxtaposition, there was, the, there was this rise of, I mean, mainly women, I think. I don't know. That's just because it is women that I follow who are taking that and going, no, that's not okay. That's not uh, how women should be represented. That's not how I'm going to represent myself. And we'll post stuff about being real and being authentic and, you know, uh, post pictures of themselves in bikinis with rolls and a natural face with spots and, um things that aren't necessarily seen as typically attractive um, that we've been taught to see as attractive um, and natural. And I think with this rise of this, there's a trust that comes from that. And so then they will promote products that are seen as natural and authentic from these people that have grown this following from being the real people in the world and I think there's definitely this kind of vibe that if you follow someone who is a blogger who is an influencer on Instagram you suddenly feel like you know them because you get a window into their personal life like you see them going to dinner with their mate you see them going for a drink you see them like tucking themselves into bed or watching tv or whatever it's a very real window into like a celebrity that might not have existed before anyway. And I certainly have been drawn into that, have been like, and have bought into that. I definitely have bought products because an influencer without me even realizing has, has promoted it. I understand it. I recognize it, but yet I still buy into it. And it's very interesting.
0: I guess my, my feeling is that so I, I'm, I i don't work in marketing per se but i have a lot more to do with marketing um particularly uh e-commerce and digital marketing in either of you mm-hmm. um yeah my day job and the trend for uh gen z which is not our generation we are millennials we are you know gradually being shunted out in terms of consumer relevancy um is that gendered are very very aware of this authenticity are very they're very critical of what they're being sold they're very critical of what's being presented and makeup by its very nature is an artifice it's it's not about giving your body the thing it needs it's about putting something on your skin and on your body that presents you in a certain way so I guess I'm interested in, in in this in this dichotomy of how you can be a beauty influencer where you are promoting a certain style of beauty and let's be honest a Western style of beauty against this rise in the need for authenticity the need for honesty it's something we've spoken about before alex i know you've spoken about it a lot before as well particularly with reference to fitness and that kind of side of things and maybe there's not really a question here it's just i think what's interesting about makeup is that it is shifting beyond just here is how to make your face look like a kardashian face and it's becoming much more here is makeup that is good for your own self-expression.
1: Do you think that's definitely? Different? I definitely. And talking about like Gen Z and stuff like that, it's it's uh, a lot more about eco-friendly. It's a lot mm. more about like uh, sustainability. It's it's people that are in and brands that are embracing that kind of idea. Um, There's a much bigger environmental awareness than yeah, there was mass- when we were growing up massive and you know that's so admirable and amazing and i think um market i think companies are understanding that at the moment and they are jumping off it
0: if you excuse the pun
2: I'll, yeah. I'll be honest i as a massive outsider haven't seen any of that oh it's interesting hu- it's huge like, this thing this is the thing that i think is really interesting is like I don't follow any of these influences. I don't know. What I see, you know, the most that I come in contact with is, is like headline stories or like the occasional explore page. None of the things that I've stumbled upon have been about sustainability. There's been a lot about authenticity and a lot about diversity, like making sure that your makeup products are suitable for all skin types, but I've not seen anything about sustainability. I'd be more interested if I had.
1: It's 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 interesting.
2: What I mean is, in my in my internet life, in my understanding of Gen Z, in my experiences with TikTok, with my experiences with Instagram, with my experiences with gossip websites and all that sort of stuff, the primary thing that I understand about beauty bloggers and beauty advertising. Has shit all to do with sustainability. I'm not Mm. saying that I'm ignorant of sustainability issues. I'm not saying that I'm ignorant that Gen Z are wise on sustainability issues. What I mean is that the I'm surprised that sustainability plus beauty is such a big thing that has not trickled to the wider consciousness. It's sustainability plus everything, and it's not
0: just that. In my experience with this, it's not that it's just a brand going look sustainable now it's you have a generation coming up who is much more likely and is like actively seeking out brands who are sustainable who are not just sustainable from like in terms of packaging but sustainable in terms of um uh like workflow uh, um worker workforce
1: workforce and you know paying people rightly and all that
0: you have a generation here who is much more likely, statistically, to ask these questions and to only shop with brands who demonstrate this um, this breadth of knowledge about
1: and like where where their, where their product
0: comes from exactly fair ethos and that kind of thing. But this is also a brand. This is also a generation. Sorry, who. Have grown up with social media in a way that millennials haven't. Yes, <laughs> you merely adopted the dark. We were born into it, but you know it's 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 very. We were there at the advent of social media with MySpace and everything else, but we haven't grown up with it. So these people are people who are being influenced. They are being influenced by people on social media, who from the cradle. From the from the the very instance they can grip and work a smartphone, they're seeing this, and these are the people who are asking these questions. It's not us, it's not, you know, the um, what's the generation? Gen X, Gen X. Like I have a lot of Guardian reading, um, bike riding Gen X friends,
2: yeah, and they're not the
0: ones asking these questions. It's the generation following us,
2: or well, they are, but not up. widespread. Yeah.
0: They are actively seeking out influencers and people who, whether they are authentic or not, what they are craving is personal stories over brand-driven marketing. Like, we might be like, I trust this brand. I'm going to go with this brand. They are looking at, I trust this person. I'm going to go with this person. Yeah. that's the difference
2: and that's absolutely true and I think that well, that's completely
0: fair the the point I wanted to explore was the fact that makeup is f- is fake makeup is covering stuff up or accentuating things or it's it's very very westernized it's very very um it's very white I mean, a lot of brands and their approach to skin products do things like what they call something nude. And you're like, what you mean is beige? What you fucking mean is beige?
1: As a very quick side note, when I went to Vietnam um, and we got a makeup artist who was Vietnamese, he was so excited to do our makeup. Because he was like, I Mm. never get to do Western makeup. And it is the kind of uh, pinnacle of makeup. And I found that really interesting.
2: I was going to make a side note that the makeup industry is very white and very westernized. Makeup Mm -hmm. as a thing very not we very appropriated i mean look at cole yes no true true true, true just true. just um,
0: just real quick just as quick side note that's it no it's true it's 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 the industry it's what you are presented with as um i mean you look at fucking 14 year olds on tiktok they've got better makeup than i've had in 30 years
1: of being where alive. is that awkward phase all, where are the blue doesn't islands? Exist. Where are the butterflies? Where are the? But also, but also, bear in mind what we were doing was replicating the fashion at the time. So we grew up in the nineties and like post nineties, like you know, like that. That was blue eyeshadow, that was platform shoes, that was Spice Girls, that was all that. That was hair mascara, do you remember hair yeah, mascara? Yeah, hair mascara, crimping, oh. <laughs> crimping. like it was all bad, it was all bad, whereas now we are living in a modern world where young people can do their makeup based on what we are doing as well.
2: Maybe so, in 10 years it will look shit
1: exactly yeah, because right, it's sister. the fashion it's the fashion but at the same time like they can get onto youtube tu- tutorials and we never had any of that all we had were our parents who were bad and bliss magazine. and bliss and Blizz and, this Miz what... and yeah. shout
0: <laughs> this is what i mean of like kim you said at the very very beginning about contouring contouring started as know. a drag concept. It started as a way for men to feminise their face. And the only reason that drag has become popular in recent, not the only reason, but a big part of it, is RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, beauty trends come from everywhere. And I'm not really sure what my point was, because I drank a bottle of wine, and
2: then <laughs> a half a bottle of wine <laughs> that, like. i cider. That tasted like toast! Of, uh, I, think tasted like point, I think <laughs> our point is that, like, there is a strange dichotomy between... Authenticity and makeup, as you made the point, it, but it, as we've also pointed out, society, personality, our engagement with even our engagement with makeup, not being Gen Zers, is nuanced because we do it to make ourselves feel better. You know, as you said, we identify it as that we don't we don't do it for other people, but th- but it's still an external thing. Fem- feminism has long identified that you do not need to be appealing to an external force to express yourself in external ways. Gen Z are taking that on and yet their entire life is external. Their entire life is exposed to mass scrutiny. And that, I think that is your ultimate question is like, what do we think of that dichotomy? My feeling on that dichotomy is I have no fucking clue. A part of it might just be the weird dichotomy of being a teenager where everything is like you are the most internal that you've ever been because you are experiencing everything brand fucking new and you are constantly in your head in a way that you've never really been before, but you are also the most aware of your external scrutiny by your peers. Magnify that with social media to the nth degree I can only imagine how everyone's doing and how they're not having a constant meltdown. So with all of that in mind and with this
0: whole, you know, beauty influencer thing, which is not something that's necessarily something that that, that our generation have bought into as much, although there are people that have. um, Is there anyone that when you think of really good makeup that you think, Yes, that's the person. That's the person I want to emulate, or that's the person that I really enjoy. Do you have a makeup icon?
1: Like literally only sci-fi stuff. Like not okay. in terms of like not in terms of everyday looks. Like, and I spoke about it earlier, but like Doctor Who
0: makeup
1: mm-hmm. and sci-fi, like Star Wars, Star Trek, all that kind of stuff is amazing, and I would love to know how to do it. Like, I would absolutely love to know how to do it. Um, So, yes, I don't have an icon in terms of... I've probably seen looks on celebrities' Instagram, my friends and stuff like that, that I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'd love to reenact that on an everyday look or a night out. But, yeah, in terms of uh, being... admiring makeup looks... For me, it's all about the kind of like crazy transformation stuff and drag and things like that. Mm. What about you, Kim? Pete Wentz. Not <laughs> eyeliner,
2: man. It's just like top-notch. Eyeliner and a bear
1: jumper.
2: <laughs> um, eyeliner and a bear jumper. Done. Um, no, like I don't. Like I had to think of even that answer. Probably the only makeup look that I could, th- that I could think of emma stone i always enjoy her face and her lipstick choices as a like day-to-day like oh that's quite nice like that's something that i feel like i could emulate dita fontese i enjoy looking at like oh. i could look at dita fontese she's so hot she's so hot all day and that is a whole look um but truly my makeup inspiration is pete wentz or maybe gerald way if I'm feeling particularly me, <laughs> What about
0: you, Sam? Um, I was going to say Dita, but you fucking stole it, you know.
2: Sorry. Um, it's
0: okay. No, but like that whole... So
2: unauthentic for me as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, no. I mean, it's eyeliner and red lipstick. It's pretty much yes. Kim Brand. Bang on. But I think it's because it's it's such a... With Dita, it's such a... um. It's so simple and yet so iconic. And I think that's really impressive. She's um, I, I, like I'm doing it really well. Doing it so well. Like eyeliner, flick, red lipstick, pale skin, boom, done. Mm. Seeing what drag queens are capable of in terms of transforming their face from this hyper traditionally masculine representation. And, and then seeing them and being like, oh my God, look at this beautiful woman. Oh, it's not a woman. It' not that it matters either. What you know, no, whatever you just, identify it, as. Like but it, it's the transformation just, of the two, and that kind of thing really throws me with makeup. Where I'm like, oh my god, it can do so much. And then I try and do it, and I'm like, all I've done is making it look like I've got sideburns because I've over contoured. Like. <laughs> that kind of brings us to a nice end of our discussion of makeup this week but before we go we have some wines to talk about so uh who would like to kick off with their wine and their grape culture rating out of groups
2: oh kim your hands up go on i would like to go first sam because before i rate my wine i would like to acknowledge that um in a rare turn of events we are recording directly on the cusp of a host's birthday it's alex's birthday tomorrow so ooh, i would like to ooh. wholeheartedly wish her a happy birthday and embarrass <laughs> hey. her many happy thank returns. you
1: guys i'm 31 tomorrow if any of our <laughs> listeners
2: would like to extend but what will be belated happy birthdays to alex i'm sure she will appreciate it please do send us a message on instagram now that i've fulfilled my friend embarrassment duties i will ruin my wine. <laughs> Which, once again, I have not finished the fucking bottle. Because, once again, it'd be strong. It's so fake tasting. I'm sorry. So, I'm going to be giving this, like, a 1.5. Yeah, it's not great.
0: Fine. So, 1.5 grapes for the man-eater from Lidl. <laughs> uh, Shocking. I'll go next <laughs> with the wine that cost six times as much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which again was the um, Blanc-, Blanc de Noir Lime Bay Winery um, fizzy fizzy good make it feel nice. It was fine. It was too toasty. I why is wine bread? I can't deal with that um, yeast. It was not worth nearly 30 pounds which i think is the most we've spent or the most we've spent has been
2: 33
0: yeah i think okay. yeah So it was, it was nearing that i'm not going to buy it again so okay. i'm going to go with the two yeah all right how about you
1: um so the born rosé maybe she's born with it um <laughs> maybe it's maybe L'Oreal. l'oreal um it's a beautiful <laughs> bottle it's a nice colour rosé as it? it's pale pink which is my preference I have not much to say about it I'm gonna give it like a two
0: so a mixed bag well not even that mixed fairly low bag um all around this week yeah we wouldn't recommend it any of these. kind things. of bleak so yeah but if you did want to follow us on social media and find out more about potentially some better wines in the future or ones we've tried in the past we are on instagram we are at grapeculture podcast we are on twitter at grapeculture pod or you can go to our website where we've got all our tasting notes from previous wines and that is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk so don't forget to come back in two weeks when we have a brand new episode for you but in the meantime have a lovely week and we'll see you soon bye bye, bye. bye.